Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lenahan. Cue the band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got a great show for you today, folks. Welcome to Dave's Church and Piano Bar on the Songwriter Connection Podcast. We have back with us Mark Allen Barnett. Hi, Mab. Hello, Dave. How are you out there? Doing really well. <laughs> We've got 150 love songs in a room. <laughs> no. Our guest is playing the piano right now. It's Jay Vern. Listen to that. Thank you, Dave, for inviting me. Jay, thanks for being here, man. Listen to you. I put a lot of bass players out of work. <laughs> they hate me. Just no, ask them. No, no, we all love you. Of course, I'm not a bass player, so what do I know? Jay is a 30-year-plus veteran of Music City. He has his own studio, Jay's Place, right on Music Row. So we've got so much to talk about because so many people have recorded there, including our guest, Mark Allen Barnett. Hey, Indeed. Mark. He's been my George Martin for about 26, 27 years. Ooh, uh, yeah. So do we call him Sir, Sir Jay? Sir Jay. That's <laughs> Sir Jay. it. Yes, Sir Jay. Yeah. Hey, Sir Jay. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. I, I was in your studio not too long ago, and it's just it's just yeah. really gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, beautiful place. No, and we did a song. We did a song. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That was great. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. You, ha- I remember we sang in front of a microphone, and you told me the story about this microphone. It just blew me away. Two stories. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this well, is I, a, this is not your run of the mill little microphone, you know. And but the story is amazing. Well, there's I have two mics that are considered the holy grail of mics. Holy grail of mics. Mm-hmm, the holy grail. The first one would be the, it's called by many names, but usually it's called the Sinatra mic or the Beatle mic. It was Ooh. George Martin's favorite mic. So it looks just like a, it's a Neumann U48. It looks like a 47, same mic, mm-hmm. but it has one extra pattern, figure eight. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Beatles, a uh, couple of the videos, they're singing into this mic. It's not stereo. No. But it has two, two diaphragms in it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they used it but um you said diaphragm yeah yeah and it's the u48 so that's about a thirty thousand dollar mic now and it's considered the holy grail they only made maybe 600 800 holy but shit. the real i have even beyond that the real holy grail which is the telefunken elam 251 Ooh. You microphone nerds out there, they're just going, Whoa. They are, they yeah, are, because yeah. the day this mic was bought, I know the history of the mic. It yeah. took me 10 years to buy it. Really? Unused in the box, never used. Wow. 1959, they were at Manny's Music Store, and they York. bought the mic for 800 bucks. Wow. And next to them, a guy 
said, hey, I bought the same mic at the cash register. It was Bobby Darren. <laughs> oh he sang Mac the Knife on this model. Oh, oh no, this is the mic. Yeah, rents for about 2000 a day. If you can find one, Yeah, they never come for sale. There's only about 15 or 20 left. Yeah. That is crazy. Telefunken. Woo! And, and we sang in front of that mic. Huh? Yeah, you did. Mark, how about that? Yeah, there, there you go. go. Absolutely crazy. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> Let's get into your story a little bit. You started so playing piano at the age of five, I heard. Tell your history Tell there, Tell me Jerry. your history. Five years old, you were playing? I was born on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had a 40-acre cornfield next to my house that I grew up in. Did so you? I was in the country. but uh, uh, Connecticut. Yeah, right? I grew up in Middletown, Connecticut. Small little town. We have Wesleyan. College, yeah. Uh, William Manchester, he wrote "Death of a President." He went. Wow. He was a teacher there. Wow. Uh, Dave Brubeck's kid was my one of my classmates. I went to Wesleyan. Did you for okay. one year? Yeah. But I grew up in that small town, and uh, my grandfather had a marching band. Yeah, really. A uh, Sicilian marching band. Well, Not Italian. Uh, so, there is well, a, di- no, there is a, a difference. difference. There yes, is. There is. I, I know. Uh, my grandfather was Sicilian. Yes. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's, your la- what's the uh, last name? The last name was Nero. N-E-R-O. Mm-hmm. No kidding. I guess they were from the Palermo area around there. Yeah, yeah. I'm from the Catania side. Which Catania? Is Mount Etna, which I found out. I now work for the Sinatra family, by the way. I was going to touch <laughs> yeah. on that because you right. mentioned Sinatra. Right, right. Yeah. And we're going to talk about and that. He, he li- uh, he's from one hour from Catania, and I live one hour from Catania. I'm from one hour from Catania. Well, so anyways, a little trivia. Yeah, and I'm the non-Pison in this particular. (laughs) So you came from a musical family. Yes. Oh, yeah. We had uh, my grandfather was a straight straight soprano player like Kenny G. Really? But he played everything. He played guitar, violin, and my grandmother was a piano player. My mom was in a baby bassinet on stage when she was two years old. They they did gigs. They did nickel dances. Wow! You know, they, yeah. they, so they did straight Sicilian, but they did popular music. And then my my grandfather's son, my uncle, took me under his wing. Mm-hmm. He's a sax player. Oh wow! And he put me in his bands when I was young. And yeah. Now you play other instruments too. No, just no? organ, yeah. organ, piano, That's yeah. it. accordion, yeah. accordion, accordion, <laughs> squeeze box for you. My mom has got a squeeze box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So Dave Brubeck, huh? that family, you a little take five there. Oh yeah. wow. Oh yeah. Jay can play anything, anything, anything. As evidence, all the different bands and things over the years, you've got a you do jazz, you do pop, you do the piano bar thing at Sinatra's you do it all yeah which works you know which works perfectly for studio because you know you gotta be able to play a polka yeah and then oh yeah you know mm-hmm. Bossa Nova and then and then a George Jones <laughs> yeah you and do. you know what I, I put in my time in country people will say well you're from Connecticut what do you know about country, <laughs> country. and I'll say yeah how many how many months did you play in Selma Alabama uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. I, I put my dues in so. yes you did mm-hmm. yeah and you, how did you get into the studio business yeah this is an interesting story oh my gosh well it's I'll try to keep it short I had my own band, and we were the Holiday Inn band. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, six nights a week was the norm. Yeah. And you went from gig to gig. You might do two weeks at mm-hmm. the most in mm-hmm. one place. Mm-hmm. So we were in, in uh, Washington, D.C., in uh, Chuck Levin's music, really famous music store on the East Coast. Had the lowest prices. We bought a four-track because we were going to record the band and make a record. There you go. We got it back to the hotel. We couldn't even turn it on. It was a TAC four track. So it sat in my van for a year. Oh, and then uh, we just decided, sight unseen, to move to Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, it was crazy. I don't know. It just We just did it. 
Just did it. Got here, got off at Fessler's Lane, lived on Murfreesboro Road, uh-huh. next to Purity Dairy, uh-huh. and the Alamo Court Plaza. But um, I started playing music at uh, Pee Wee's Club, 51st and Centennial. Okay. And the Nations, which hmm, I don't know where that name came from. It wasn't yeah. called the Nations then. And somebody came, I was playing for 30 bucks a night, my first gig in Nashville, 9.30 to 2.30. Wow. And somebody said, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks to record a song. I said, I, I, well, I said wait a minute, I have a tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> so I went home and I figured out how to use it. I put a mic on it. I made my first demo in my little basement apartment in Madison, Tennessee. Wow. And honest, that's how it started. It was the mother of necessity or invention. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Some mother. <laughs> started me for example <laughs> no. no i mean it's it's more complicated than that but that's how it started i just that's saw that cool. there was a need and back then there was demo demo oh my gosh oh, yeah. we worked lots of demo you know mark allen will tell you yeah. 18 hours a day oh, it was the garth brooks heyday you know yeah. who oh, was yeah. my singer he was 25 bucks a song you're kidding me uh-uh. wow uh-huh. trish yearwood too trisha jody messina uh aaron tippin Joe Diffie, my favorite of all time. Wow. He would yeah, go in the park. Guy. He would go in the parking lot. Never heard the songs. Mm-hmm. Ten o'clock session. Nine forty-five. Yeah. Five songs. He would come in and sing those freaking five songs in like an hour and a half. Wow. No, that's, Joe Diffie was the fastest, best I ever saw. Yeah. That's a pro. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> incredible story. How did you meet uh, you and uh, you and Mark? Mark. Yeah. Acapulco. We, Acapulco. We were. <laughs> we met uh, at Acapulco. I had a, a, a trio at one time, and mm-hmm. a guy Blake Addison knew Jay had had recorded something with Jay and brought me to Jay, and I'd heard about him because mm-hmm. uh, I wrote and worked with a guy uh, that we all know, Jimbo Henson, and I heard his name pop up, and yeah, we got together and we started doing something. I did one time, did a an eighteen voice, me, <laughs> my voice, eighteen times 18 on times. an acapella. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh my God! So Jay and I began this this relationship, and a lot of my stuff have been the tours that I do, and people coming in from out of town. You know, yeah. uh, a great thing I always loved is like Jay would get the same players that were on the big time sessions. You guys from Cincinnati came up, and we yeah, had we did all of these people that would come in, and somebody like Canadians. Canadians have to have a certain amount of Canadian content, exactly. Right. So yeah. we would get the the players, and also it's a really much better story when you're doing a radio podcast. They say. Well, who did you play on? You well had Chris Lusinger who played yeah, on all the Garth yes, Brooks stuff. Yeah, or yeah. do you want to say that? Or well, it was John J. Johnson who's down the street from me, who's a yeah. septic tank worker. You know? <laughs> so that's the thing, and he has his knowledge of music is just astounding and the yeah. player so I call him George Martin because we have literally done songs because I'll always tell people if you're writing songs have a target in your mind who would who would, if who you would could you write a song yeah. anybody living or dead who would you do that and then we come in we've done songs for right. the Beatles well, we're, Temptations we're, we're, we're super focused yeah. yeah, that's the problem with most people they want to do another take yeah. We don't do another take. <laughs> right. We don't do what what are you talking about? Well, don't do it. They're such pros. It's and, and, you know, and again, I keep going back first time I ever went into a studio right. and watched a band. Uh, we sat in the control room. They they had it already charted out using that Nashville number system. Yep. Listen to the work tape about halfway through, some of the guys making notes. They go in that studio and play it like they've been playing sure. all mm-hmm. their life. So yeah, I mean, yeah, no need for take two. They're boom. And so, and you're like, what? How'd they do that? (laughs) And part of your deal was getting ripped off when you first wanted to record. Yeah. What? First 
Yep. In the yeah. music business, this you is why his prices work the way well, they do. Yeah, well, I've, I've always our our first really big session in Nashville. Well, I'll tell you, it was a three song demo. Now think about nineteen eighty four. Think about five thousand dollars for three song demo. Wow! It was like in it's today's lot. dollars, like twenty thousand yeah. dollars. It was a total rip off scam, you know. But I mean, oh. we were we had good players. I mean, the best. Oh my God, Mitch Humphreys and Pete Bordenali was. Uh, I mean, all of the Triple A team. But wow. I mean, we got overcharged. You know, we yeah. didn't know what we we're doing. And really, ever since that time, I decided I cannot do that to people. No, I can't. You know. Uh, try to try to do a, a good service for people. That's great, and I, and I love that yeah. you do that because there are so many that still even to this day oh, try to take advantage. Yeah. Ten thousand yeah. a song. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lane, let's so let's talk about this songwriter connection. Say, you know, we've got songs uh, that we've written. Maybe we're out of town. Maybe we've just moved here. Um, demos are important to get them out there pitched, and a good professional demo when you're here in Nashville because. Uh, that's what you're up against. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, they say a good guitar vocal, but, you know, really, um, they want to hear how it sounds on the radio. Yeah, they do. They do. So uh, they come to like Jay's place, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you you sit down. How's it work? Um, What do you recommend? What advice would you would you give? Well, uh, let's talk about what me and Mark Allen do. Okay, that's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll have an artist. Uh With a super rough song. I mean, sometimes it's not even a song. Really? More like yeah, that. and we yeah. do write a lot of the songs. Not all of them, but we we insert chords and we do arrangements. Mm-hmm. Something that, that, the, that really the, the songwriters are more poets than they are musicians. Yeah. They might only know three chords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not the truth. And not the truth. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so we can take a three chord song and make it a 30 chord song if we want to. You know, mm-hmm. We can really change things. Or the opposite, when they've got 30 chords and they right, need three. Right, 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 yeah. right. I've seen that too. Right, we can. Yeah. So he'll, he'll come to me with, with the songs, and before the artist ever gets there, uh, we run over the song, mm-hmm. and we build the song. Yeah, through uh, the chart that you were just right, talking through, about. Right, with chart. the chart. Mm-hmm. We, we take out the, the fat, yeah. we trim it, yeah. we, we do what we think would make it a hit record, because that's the point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, some people, you know, they, they don't, you know, they, they want their they're very picky about what they want and some people aren't if they let us do our thing it usually comes out fantastic yeah and so so we do that um, and then the people will come to the studio and then we just guide them through the song you know mm-hmm. uh, it's a demo it's not a master recording we don't spend days and days working on it we do it super efficient there but more and more today you don't know where those songs are going to end up they end up on radio podcasts they end up on the internet they, on Facebook right. on YouTube streaming. so yeah. they better really sound very very good right you know yeah. and you can't the the problem is a guitar vocal thing okay mm-hmm. you if you're a songwriter today and you're trying to pitch songs you've got literally hundreds if not thousands of songs you're li- that artists are listening to and all of those are full produced Record. I call them recordings. I don't even call them demos anymore because mm. they're recordings. And if you just throwing in a guitar vocal on that, it's not going to stand right. up. They're, they're going to cut it off before it even gets into the unless song. it's the best one ever done. That's right. Which you know, hey, that happens. Uh, but uh, 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 Adele has had music out where it's just her and a piano. It happens. But you're up against full blown. But did demos. she write it exactly? See, that's the deal. That's if the, you're that, a songwriter and you're trying to pitch the songs today, it's almost a totally impossible. inside business. Yeah, yeah. So if you're you're up against the person you're pitching to, you're up against them. <laughs> you know, your competition is them. Yeah. 
So let's talk. In addition to, we were talking about guitar vocals. That's yes. what you, you there you go. Guitar yep. vocals. Yep. And so you do it. Do you do? And is that important today? Do you do guitar vocals, piano vocals, that kind of thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But then there's d- different levels of of uh, demos that you do, uh, right? Yeah. Anything from just guitar and or vocal, piano, piano mm-hmm. vocal, uh-huh. but uh, to full band and. Depends on that's where the price thing yes, comes. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. But we've done many, many, many sessions with with uh, just me and a drummer. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because drums, you know, I can't recreate. I did program drums for oh my, probably on ten thousand records. I I programmed drums. Mm-hmm. I played bass. Wow. I did it all because I couldn't afford. I couldn't afford a band. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. Trying to do it within a price, right? Because right. our yeah. demos are, are, I mean, they sound like records, and they're the one hundredth of the price of what the record cost. Do we want to talk cost? Is, is that something you, you want to mention? You want, you know. It's like about six hundred bucks a song, full, uh-huh. full blown, full blown though. Oh no, sound like a master recording. Tell you what, that's good yeah. today, and that's everything. The yeah, arranging, you know, we get together and arrange the song ahead of time. So that's called pre-production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we produce it. And then some we, people will want other things. Some people want saxes. You right, know, some yeah. people want a more horn, an R and B kind of thing. Well, that that's an extra player, you know. And and this is explained to anyone who wants it yeah. before. Our, our normal is just piano, bass, drums, guitars. Yeah. You know, it's a four piece rhythm section, but you can do a lot with that. You sure can. Yeah. The guitar really. player will do like three or four different guitars. On right. It, you know. So right, yeah. 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 Put a couple of key, keyboards, and then uh, when we do like when I sing with them, I do my own harmonies. Usually, when you have a, a demo singer, they'll do their own harmonies and you don't have a bunch of singers so you know it's a yeah pretty great package well, that's yeah. great that's great and you know what the other cool thing about this is this is a music row studio that's right still on music row still yep. on music well, row when i started there was uh, i've been through lots of documentation every committee i've been on to save music row mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a preservationist mm-hmm. i do not like developers yeah, because they've ruined Music Row, but uh, it's still a lot of it's still there, especially my block. Yes, but when I started, there was documented seventy eight studios in nineteen ninety. Wow, I bought that. I bought my place in nineteen ninety. Jay's place, hmm. and now there's eleven studios. Left. Eleven left, and I've been told by many people I'm the last independently owned. All these other places have twenty owners. Wow, they're not owned by somebody like me. Mm. No, I, wow. I could be the last one left. I mean, I don't know. Can I interject a little Please something? Please do, Mark. Jay is the only guy. This is something very, very honest, because I've been working in there and just been there. And he will let tourists come in and observe a, <laughs> yes. st- a session. He really? actually has old, a place. Old school. Old school. Yeah. He old has school. a place called Chateau on the Row, which is a, a an apartment that people stay in and record in the studio. But he'll let oh, people cool. come in and, and take a look around. Well, so anybody who's going through Nashville sees Jay's place on, on yeah. 17th Avenue. They you will see it. Chances yeah. Yeah, are. Well, we are a tour stop. Yeah, uh, I have the, a sign. The bus that, is stopped. I have, is a, I have a sign that Shel Silverstein did for me. I, I produced Shel Silverstein. Wow! Yeah, I produced part of a very iconic album called Old Dogs. I mean, it's super yeah. songwriter, secretive album. Nobody really knows it, but we did a song called "I'm, I'm Still." You're still gonna die. You can take your vitamins. You can take your colonics. You can take them, but you're still gonna die. But uh, so he did my sign for me. He did the artwork. So it's, a, it's very iconic. It's the only artwork of Shel Silverstein in Nashville, Tennessee, as far as I know. And I'm a tour stop. All the tour buses stop there. 
What a talented I, guy. Yeah. Oh, oh my Michelle crazy. wrote Boy Named Sue. Boy oh, named Sue. my God. That's he right. wrote Cover of the Rolling Stone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Anyways. an idea. How about some of the famous people you've worked with? You worked with Laurie Morgan. Yeah, I was Laurie Morgan's band leader. That was my first real job in Nashville. Grand Ole Opry, two years. Wow. Uh, Grand Ole Opry band. Uh, we, had, we had our own band for a year, and uh, Dolly's brother, Randy, was my bass player. Randy Parton. Wow. Yep, Dave Salyer on guitar. Uh, it was a good. It was a Doug, Doug Jernigan on steel, who still to this day is the, one of the best. Oh, uh, the best. So we had a band. Then they fired the, all the bands from the Opry that year. It was about <sighs> 1987. Almost all of them. Oh, and they told her she could keep one person, so she kept me, and I stayed there for an extra year. Wow. Ended up playing her wedding to Keith Whitley. Ah, yeah. how about that? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. What a story. Yeah. Very very cool. Um, so we were mentioning too uh, that you still are so active. You're out there playing. Uh, you're doing jazz. You're doing. You're playing in the the new Sonata. Sonata. There's a new bar. Dave, I should be retired. You, you, but you're. <laughs> I really, I really should be on a beach in uh, Pensacola. Oh come on! You wouldn't have fun. A- absolutely no. I would no. hate it. You would hate it because you music is in your blood. This, is what you, this is your... the busiest I've ever been. Yeah. I should be done. Yeah. I feel the same way. Honest, I don't know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. But anyways, it's, yeah. yeah I, I, I'm averaging 70 hours a week. Are How many really? hats are you wearing this uh, week? Yeah. Well, every week I I work for um, I work for the Miller Corporation, which owns Skull's Rainbow Room. Okay. Famous they're, place here, right? And they're and they're partners with they're partners with the Sinatra family. Mm-hmm. So on top of Skull's, they have now built Sinatra Bar and Lounge. Okay. So between the two places, I play seven nights a week. Unreal. <laughs> which I said when I was twenty five, I said I'm never going to be. What am I going to be? Fifty years old and playing six nights a week. Man, well, it's one, another one of those things that uh-huh. we've all gone through because uh-huh. we all came from outside here, and you know, I, I, we run into these kids, and then some older people. Well, I just want to come get a session gig until I can get to my, right, my career right. taken off. You got to work so many gigs. Oh, you yeah. If you're a songwriter, if you're an artist, if you're a musician, right. you've got to work dozens of things. Man. Right? There right. is no. I'm just a. I'm not. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, right. I hate that word. I do too. I'm just a. I'm just a lyricist. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, I do that uh, at nighttime. And during the day, I do sessions. Uh, I also play for uh, Nashville City. I'm a, I'm a Metro Parks employee. Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> part-time. Uh, I play piano for ballet. So Metro Parks wow. has had a ballet program for youth for 67 years. It's right. You know where Hog Heaven is? Yeah. Right behind Hog Heaven is a little place called CPAS, Centennial Parks. Okay. Art. Sure. Studios. Yeah. And so I've been playing ballet for 10 years there. Wow. And I, I absolutely love it. I'm not a, I, I mean, I studied classical, but I, I was terrible. And I can read a little bit, but I go in totally and fake all the music. And it sounds like, it sounds like Bruce Hornsby classical. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. But I'm telling you, it's so, I, I literally, in my heyday there, when I was working 15 hours a week, I had to write 300 songs in my head a week. Oh my god! Three hundred songs a week I had to come up with. Wow! Yeah. And I still do. I still work there. Uh, I also on uh, I work for AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal, which is the it's the biggest uh, African American church in the United States. And you work for them? It was the church for Whitney Houston. Wow! Aretha Franklin. 
mm. which I've been to Rarita's house in Motown. Oh my! No uh, kidding. So uh, they what were, a musical journey, huh? Right. So I'm music minister in the oldest black church in Tennessee, St. No, John. No kidding. Mm-hmm. I have a wow. choir that's only two people, Brenda and Gail. Uh-huh. It's the best show in town. Is it really? It's the most amazing music. And then I'm also the organist at Greater Bethel, which is right by Music Row. That's a 170-year-old church. We have a 20-person choir. Wow. Uh, we have a New Orleans gospel piano player that'll kill you. And I'm on B3. I'm on a 1957 <laughs> B3 oh, man. trying to play gospel music. Oh, With I love Leslie it. Spinning or right. <laughs> so I do that. And then I have the vacation rental, which I run. It's a, an apartment in my studio that, you know, you can rent and record you anything you want. And uh, I'm the... Uh, I'm the I'm the housemaid, so I clean that and rent, and I take care of the bookings. And there's uh, a sports podcast going on now, right? Down in the yes. basement. Yeah, in the basement. Yeah, in the basement we have the raw room. The raw, which is um, a former NFL Titan player uh, that has the show, and it's a great show. It's a podcast, mm-hmm. and they have two hundred thousand followers. It's big. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that is big. Yeah. So that's some of the things that I do. I still play private parties and songwriter nights. And, Gosh. Yeah, just whatever we can do. And, yeah, se- and, se- and sessions. Yeah. And sessions is what I love the most. It, that sounds more like 80, 90 uh, yeah, well, <laughs> hours it, a week, it, not 70. It can be. It can be. Wow. <laughs> Especially to make time to put together the music in mm-hmm, these churches. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. So let's see. If we're in Dave's uh, bar, let's pretend we're uh, drinking a little scotch here at <laughs> Dave's yes. bar. Play us a little, uh, little music, Jay. In other words, please be true. In other words, I love Dave. (laughs) 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 This would be a good time for a break. Yes, Songwriter Connection Podcast. Don't go away. Jay Byrne, Mark Ellen Barnett are here. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You're listening to the Songwriter Connection, connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with your host, Dave Linehan. Oh, yeah. And Jay Vern and Mark Allen Barnett. A little uh, commercial music here. Uh, As I tell you that, if you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe. That really helps us. We're getting toward that time that we can monetize and we're not even a video podcast yet but please if you do that uh, maybe we can get to the video a little bit sooner so Mark Allen Barnett is with us and he does the Mark Allen Barnett tours here in Nashville and uh, Jay's place is a, a stop on your tour Jay's isn't it? tour stop <laughs> yeah 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 Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, What I do is I take people, uh, there are four elements of any career in music that I always say, and that's creation of the song, Mm -hmm. presentation of the song live and recorded, networking, and business. And I take people from all over the world, literally all over the world, that come in. And some will want their catalog revised. Some will be, you know, what are your best songs? Someone want to play a writer's night. Some people want to go 
through the songs. And I've written uh, over 3,000 songs uh, since 2003 wow. uh, with people. And a lot of them, we bring them to Jay. Mm-hmm. And and you go from the writing of the song, which I'm I'm teaching the process of songwriting. I'm, and people do, you, you shouldn't get paid to write. Well, you don't, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not getting paid to write. I'm getting paid to teach the process. And usually if I do what I do right, I'll kind of advance people's knowledge of all of this by between three and five years in one day. And so it's a single day or a multiple day uh, thing. And uh, yeah, Jay is always a stop. And if people want to see uh, the the whole process. As a matter of fact, we had an, an interesting thing happen a few months ago that I met this woman who's a an author. She's a book writer, hmm. and she's doing a book. Um, it's a mi- oh, murder yeah, mystery, yeah, yeah, yeah. a murder mystery yeah. uh, of uh, uh, of a songwriter in Nashville. There's a murder mystery that happens around a studio. And so I brought, took her over. I, I ended up taking one of her songs. She had lyrics of a song, so I put music to it. And then we went to Jay's and did a small recording. And oh, that's, that's cool. going to end up, she's going to end up having some songs to go in a, in a CD with the book. Wow. And, and so it's just kind of like those kind of things come all the time. Today, yeah. I know everybody wants to be the next Taylor Swift or that, but. You know, there are all kinds of people that are doing music. Mark Monroe, we had him on here. You know, yeah, people from, in all mm-hmm. forms of life that just want to do what I call legacy writing. There's right. nothing like, you know, it, you can go and take pictures on tour. You can go to New York and take pictures at the studio, at, uh, uh, you know, the studios in, uh, in uh, Empire State Building. But can you go to a place like Nashville and actually take a song that you wrote mm-hmm. and have it recorded and go home with you? In a music row, in a music row studio, studio. Yeah. yeah, And so that's what my whole thing. I mm-hmm. try to pull the the curtain back on Nashville, good and bad. Mm-hmm. We're all about saving people money. Yeah. And uh, another, you know, people want to come in. They'll have 10, 12 songs, and they want, want to get them all recorded. Well, that's great, but man, let's go through the songs first to make yeah. sure that they're they're the, the right on. ones. Yeah. And and so that's kind of my approach to everything. That's good. And uh, could I do an example of what we? Sure, well, absolutely. We Please yeah. do. I will ask the any writer if you could write a song for anybody living or dead, yeah. who would it be? And I had mm-hmm. a girl come in. And she just had never written before. She really couldn't say anything. And so I had to ask myself if I could do anything, who would it be? Mm-hmm. Ray Charles. Ray Charles was my dad's favorite singer. He, I, I grew up not really realizing how much I had been influenced by Ray. Right. And and so one day I just came up this whole song. She actually, she actually had a crush on a friend of mine who was a bartender. Uh-huh. And so I kind of put all of that into this <laughs> into this song. And I got to Jay and I said, "Let's let's Ray Charles this thing." No, no, wait a minute. Before before you do this, yeah. you, you've got to tell the Ray Charles story. That's exact. Ray, that's yeah. what I was going to say. You the Ray to. Charles story was I was three years old and I was uh, with my my parents got divorced when I was seven, so I don't remember much about them being together. My dad was a uh, was a on the road a lot. He had been a gospel quartet singer, but had stopped that by the time I came along. And he was working for Lockheed uh, mm. Aircraft in, in Atlanta. And we went to this, we went to what they used to call supper clubs, yeah. where you would have this very <laughs> formal dinner. And I remember I was without, with 10 people. I had my little suit that had the little shorts that, you know, you said, but it was a dress up place, very fancy. Yeah. And, and so there was a guy playing piano, upright bass, and a sax player. And I just wandered away from the table. And I'm, I'm sitting, I wandered down, and I remembered everything about this, standing at the side of the stage with just kind of, it wasn't a big stage, wow. it's just a little thing. And I'm just looking at it, and all of a sudden I felt myself lifted up, 
and I sat on this guy's on his lap, and he put his hands over mine and played "Sweet Georgia Brown." Oh God! And, wow! And I was I always remember that, but I didn't remember you know where it was and all that. And mm-hmm. about two years before he died, my dad said, "You know who that was?" I said, "No." He said. That was Ray Charles. It was 1962. It was right before Ray came out with the modern hits of country and western music. Wow. And he would do, he would have his orchestra, but he'd have a little three-piece group that would play. He's doing the Jay Vern thing. He was thing. doing the Jay Vern thing. Yeah. That's exactly right. But that was uh, called the Chitlin Circuit back then. And that's <laughs> yeah, what uh, it was. Though. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a Ray Charles thing. Years later, I get into no Joe wonder. Cocker, and then I get back to Ray. And now one day I'm writing this song, and this girl had no idea. And so I took her experiences of the crush on my friend, mm-hmm. and I put it into something, and that's when we like There we it. go. Yeah. website and my CD, Mark Allen Barnett, Life Will Live. I had my eyes on you for the past three weeks. I tried to talk to you, but I could not speak. So tonight I got my carriage up. Since liquid encouragement is back in fashion. Must hear every line This time look deep enough And you just might find Someone who overlooks Someone who just might be Red Hot Passion It's too soon to say it's a case of love It's just one thing I can't get caught up in A crazy little high school crush Oh no, that's not for us So when you get off tonight In this seat, ready to uh, apply some heat to a slow burning fuse. Let up a menu that's red hot passion. Take Ready 
it to a, a blast beat To a slow burning fuse Live from me and you That's right Yeah, and Jay Vern. That song needs to be a hit. That should Come be a hit. Now, Come on, it is with us. Yeah. Our, yeah, that's that's all that matters. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I just flashed back a few years back before we moved here, uh, coming up from Cincinnati. I used to come down from Cincinnati a lot. And you got there was a place called Lyrics. Remember? Yes. Remember? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. You had a band that was playing mm-hmm. blues music, and it was just so hot. Yeah, yeah you guys together. Who was in that? You, Lyrics. You started, yeah. yeah. Well, you had a great name for it, too. God, it, uh, Mark Allen Barnett, the Don't Suck Too Bad band. Uh, Mark Allen Barnett, the Hunk Hunk the Burning Love band. Mark, yeah. Oh, God, it was always. Yeah, you know, here's, another, here's another J thing. Oh, if you're doing bands, yeah. you got to go three deep on every instrument. you got three guitar players, three keyboard players, three bass, board play, bass players, same as in the studio. And fortunately, in Nashville, there's a lot, there's a lot of players. Yeah. And and in the studio, and, and so you got to get multiple people because you're doing original stuff. They got yeah. charts, you know, but you got to have some people. And, and Jay can pull them up. But sometimes things there, happen. Sometimes things, things happen. happen. Now, here's a story about how, how you get into a session if you want to be a session player. Uh-huh. Take it, Jay. Well, uh, I had a uh, I had an uh, engineer that was uh, uh, his name was uh, Scotty. Great guy. Great kid. And, uh, you know, he came, knocked on the door one day, and he became my engineer. Wow. And so, he, and he was a drummer by trade, but, you know, not a session drummer. And Having to work at, your way up. At that point, I was having drummers like, uh, well, Garth's band was my studio band before they were Garth's band. We were no recorded LSI across the street way before Garth was here. Johnny Rodriguez? It was, it was Milton, it? Milton Sledge. Garcia? Milton Sledge on oh. drums, Mike Chapman on bass, Chris Lusinger. So mm. that was the band. Wow. And... Um, Jeez. Um, well, uh, wait a minute. Get me, get me back on track. Well, Scotty is out there trying oh, yeah. to. Oh, yeah. He wanted so, to be a drummer, but he's doing right, it. Right. So, uh-huh. so we're, in, we're in a session with all master session players. I mean, it's $200 an hour, and Jeez. the drummer doesn't show up. It's 10 o'clock downbeat. So it's like 10 of 10. Scotty is outside. He was weeding. Mm. weeding. He was pulling up weeds. I said, Scotty, get your ass in here and get on drum. And he be, he became he got a track on a master session. It was like a record. Wow! And he went from I mean, almost. But that's how prepared you have to be when it's when it's time for it's your, your shot. Time. I feel like I've only had one or two shots in this whole in this business ever. Yeah. But I was semi prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the first time. The first time of you were prepared and it was right place, right time. Oh boy, right place, to Doctor John. Dr. John. Wow. He goes to my acupuncturist, or did. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Shang. Yeah. Uh, um, boy, the right place at the right time. Uh, you got to prepare. BJ Thomas would be. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, almost everything I do is, I don't, I've never planned my career. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I've never came here. I didn't come here to be a studio musician. I wanted to be, but I didn't. I didn't know the path yeah. until I got that tape recorder idea, and, and <laughs> so it was like really an accident. And then I grew on that. But a right place at the right time would be. Uh, I guess I knew uh, my first big break was getting on the Opry, wow. so I knew. Uh, I knew Harry Wilkinson. He was a drummer. He he played on Michael uh, Martin Murphy's Wildfire. Oh, wow. So he was a friend of mine, Classic. and I played. I played. We he played in a band called. Uh, it was um, um, uh, the, the Judd's husband had, had a band at Cajun's Wharf, and we and that's how I met Harry. And then one day Harry called me up and he said, "Man, they need, Lori needs a piano player." Lori so I, I ran mm-hmm. over there. Now my first audition, I flunked. Mm. When I first came to town, I auditioned for Jeannie C. Riley. Oh, my God. Harper Valley. Harper yeah. Valley. We yeah. all went in a room down at Shoney's, and, oh, and it was, t- I'm so glad I didn't get that gig. Really? I would have been a road dog. Yeah. You know? yeah and I yeah. ended up being a session guy instead. Yeah. I didn't know, but that was the path I needed to That's take. That's the path you needed. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Trey Ackerman on this show a while back. Yeah. I, I lo- he's got some great stories right. like that too. And his dad Willie Ackerman's in the oh. uh, Musician Hall of oh, Fame. I played with Willie. You played with him, yeah. Uh. I guess he was uh, hee haw uh, drummer. For yeah, years, absolutely. Years. And before that, was on the road Road Dog with uh, Farron Young. Yeah, and Farron Young, the singing sheriff. Yeah, singing sheriff <laughs> pulled him aside one day and said, "Hey." You know, you can make a lot more money as yeah. a studio musician, mm-hmm. really, and I can't mm-hmm. afford to pay you anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and he said, "Well, you know what, though, Farron, you you know, you brought me to the dance. I'm going to be loyal right. to you, so I'm I'm your guy. I mean, I'm, I want to stick with you." And he goes, "Well, in that case, you're fired." <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He like tripled his income yeah, the next year. Yeah, you know, yeah. he did it for a good reason. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, great guy. So. Wow, that's interesting. I love to hear stories like that, where, you know, like you said, he was pulling weeds, and the next thing you know, he's yeah, a that's yeah, big the, time session the, drummer. The other drummer was in the hospital at the time, right? You know, he was in a coma. Nobody right. could. <laughs> right. So you literally just about have to wait till somebody dies to be able to move into <laughs> the. Uh, literally, you know, literally, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unreal. And we had two drummers die on us. Yeah. Uh, Tommy yeah. Wells, who was mm. a Motown guy. Oh, he played Brian on thousands Brown. of our records, yeah. Really, really. But me and Mark Allen, I don't, we can't, I don't know, I haven't counted. But it's no. oh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot, and it's wacky. Well, and- if you look at about thirty six hundred songs since I started teaching it in, in uh, two thousand three, yeah. and most of those I came and we did well, did the guitar vocal on some things. Mm-hmm. Then some things it would be Jay and me. I'd do a guitar and he'd do right. people. We call that level two. And then we would start building to these different musicians. And uh, at one time I. had I had Cliff and Bev and you guys. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of people yeah. back when uh, we were doing uh, Stephen Sharp's thing. That's you know, right. the OCC. And, uh, we O-C-C. had we yeah. had nineteen songs in a couple of days. Yeah, and that in one was, day, uh, one in, day, in one day. Yeah, wow. was, holy we cow. cut wow. the we cut the tracks yeah. in one day for yeah. nineteen songs. Yeah. I think I had a couple of them. Yeah, you did. I, did. I know you did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a group from uh, Orange County, California. Yeah, our and, Cincinnati guys. And Ju- Julie in Green Bay. Julie in Green Bay. That's right. Cribbits. Yeah, Cribbits, uh, yeah. OCC, yeah. yeah, yeah, and she went on. To do some she went on. Uh, Megan Lindsay was her yeah. good buddy, and Megan went on to be on uh, The Voice, right? And was, right. You guys, so yeah, uh, yeah. you know, that's cool. just how all of this works. You never know where you're right. going to end up. Yeah, why I we mean, call this the connection? That's that's, right that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you make fun of the word networking, but it's true. You yeah. have to net. Yeah. You have. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible. You can't do one thing in this town. You can't. No, yeah. there's yeah. no way. That's and why Dave you wear so many hats. Dave just had a number one song in, in Australia. Uh, Tasmania, Tasmania, which is part of Australia. So I'm counting it as an Australian number one. Oh, man. You devil, you. 
just don't know where we're going to end up. <laughs> Jay, tell us about your new CD. You, you, you've done so many, but you said you never really did a record never. on yourself. I've never recorded anything in my life on myself. I mean, a couple little work tapes here and there. But um, I decided to pay a little tribute to my grandfather who wrote some music and had a Sicilian marching band. Oh. Uh, straight out of the Godfather, uh, John Philip Sousa, wow, and and Sicilian only, oh, wow. and they march for festivals. There's a lot of Italian. I'm from Connecticut, a lot of Italian festivals in Connecticut. And uh, my uncle to this day, uh, he he's on the back there, the sax player. He's sax not, player. he just turned ninety, and he just marched the other day. No kidding. I'm going. Uh, I'm going August twenty third. If anybody's in wait, Dan, no, if anybody's in Danbury, Connecticut, I'm I'm marching for the first time. Oh, come on, you, you march I'm, when play piano at the same. Well, How no, does I'm, that work? I'm, I'm going to play cymbals. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's called the San Gennaro Festival. The San same, Gennaro. same as the one in New York, but it's awesome. in Danbury. Yeah, and I'm playing there on August twenty third, and I might take over the band. <laughs> I've decided that I think I'm going to... No, I, I know. You left. I'm going to have my own freaking march. I, I love it. No, I have all the charts. All I have to do is call the players, get on a plane, and and, mar- and play some cymbals. And my uncle's 90. I mean, he can't march forever. Yeah. But uh, he's been playing since oh, he was man. 12 in this band. I think that's And uh, Jeff Beccaro's dad played in this band. Drummer from Toto. From Toto. Toto. Jeff Beccaro's dad was the number one drummer of all time in L.A. Contractor, Joe Beccaro. Wow. And he played in that band. Emil Richards, who played bongos on Mission Impossible, the most iconic bongo part in the history of bongos. <laughs> that's the... Emil yeah, Richards is Emil Riccioni from Hartford. He was all Hartford, Connecticut people. He played in this band that's on that, this marching band, Sicilian. They're all, they're all Sicilians. Ah, yeah. okay. anyway, anyways, a little so trivia. You're going to have to pronounce that all. Yeah, it's called The Songs of Sicily. Uh-huh. If anybody wants one, just just call me. I'll, I'll just give you one. Okay. Yeah, yeah the greatest really... description. You said, if anybody's ever seen the movie The Godfather, that band that's in The Godfather. <laughs> yes, they, they come out of a church and they're wearing white shirts and black pants. That was the... That was it. Yeah, and the, the most famous, my grandfather's most famous song is known in our town by the number it was in the book, number seven. Nobody huh. even knows the title. They just they know say, it is number seven. And so they would, in our town, we have, it's a, our, my saint is St. Sebastian. I was raised Catholic. Uh, Middletown, Connecticut. We have a sister city in Sicily, and we have the same saint, same church, stone for stone, the same church we wow. built. Beautiful church. Wow. And our saint is St. Sebastian. He's full of arrow. He got shot by Roman guards. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, so we have a festival every year. They have a festival called St. Sebastian's Festival, and they yeah. march about a mile. And in the old days, they would literally stop at people's houses and have a plate of meatballs and spaghetti and keep marching. Yeah. Oh, no, it was a yeah, two, it was a two, there. It was a two or three hour march in the old days. Oh, man. They would march around town and we, then we put a statue of the Virgin Mary on the float and mm-hmm. people would come up and pin, you know, got dollars to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. Great. Classic. Classic. Very And classic. so that still happens in Connecticut. Uh, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I still have that mental image of him pushing his upright piano <laughs> in the band. <laughs> I think I saw that in a Woody Allen movie. That's yeah, right, Woody Allen yeah. cellist. Yeah, in the, yeah, I saw yeah, that a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> funny. Well, that's great. So that's out there. You can get that. Oh, uh, so your webpage and everything. People can reach you. Uh, and it's uh, Not just on Facebook. Facebook? Yeah, Jay's Place Recording. Jay's Place Recording yep. on Facebook. Yep. Follow it. Yep. Yeah, please yep. do. Yeah. How about you guys play another one together, can you? So we got like sure. a half a band here. Man. Man, right? I'd love to hear you, yeah. you know, jam. Because, right. you know, we're at the uh, dining room table, which is uh, every bit the star of this show yeah exactly antique duncan fife and we're not oh, just wow. playing around the dining room table jay is playing we, he has his piano on the duncan fife table mm. so 
We got to take advantage of that, guys. Yeah. Let's do a let's let's tribute Jimbo here. Oh, yeah. I got a thing for you. Oh, yeah, man. One of my favorites. It's something I can't undo. It's burning in my brain. It's boiling in my veins. I got a thing for you. You got a hold on me. It's one. Yes, uh, the best. 
the best. Yeah. Oh my god! Absolutely. Hey, look. If you're not familiar with Jimbo, look him up. Oh, There's boy. even a movie about his life. That's right. That's right. Great, Beautiful great Jim. guy. Beautiful Jim. Yeah. That's, uh, oh, I watched gosh. it on YouTube. It's really worth watching. I know he was a dear friend. God rest his soul. Oh, was. Yeah. Mark used to come up to Cincinnati, and uh, he'd always talk about Jim, and he'd always do that imitation of that's Jim. That's right. And then one trip, Patty and I came up, and we went to Douglas Corner because we saw that Mark was going to be there, and that Jimbo was going to be there, and we had never met him, and we wanted to see him. Jimbo gets on stage, and he starts singing, and Patty and I died laughing. He probably thought, what the... The reason we were laughing so hard is because... That was the first time we heard him, and he sounded exactly, exactly like him. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. We're going, oh, my God. Oh, we fell in love with that man. That I will tell you, in the studio, uh-huh. I have never seen anybody more of a perfectionist. Yeah. yeah. We would huh? spend, I, with Kim Dribble and Mitch, uh, yeah. And we yeah. would spend, you know, because they wanted to get it perfect. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that kind of uh, doesn't exist too much anymore. Mm. I mean, I mean, really, he went, Jimbo went above and beyond. On, on every single song, every performance. That's the way he was. And, uh, and what a performer. Mm, you know? oh, yeah. He yeah. came up and did a few festivals yeah. for us yeah. and just. Entertainer. Entertainer, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Artist, yep. but more of an entertainer. It was fun to watch him. He, it really was. I mean, you know, who wants to go and see somebody, you know, or, you know. Yeah. We you know. No, he would stand <laughs> up there and he'd have. Do- he, no, he just grabbed oh, yeah. you. He just, you know, yeah. he, he yeah. loved you with his song, as yeah. my friend Kim says. Yeah. Yeah, he was amazing. One yeah. of the things that. It, that uh, gave me an insight. A lot of the writers that I work with are not necessarily naturally performers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or some are younger and never had much stage experience. Yeah. So I make a suggestion if you want to do this, come into town, let us record the songs, go home and work on your vocals because everybody mm-hmm. hears stuff that they want to change. They, you know, yeah. I could have done better. I didn't. Yeah. And so, and come back a different time and then just do vocals on it. And that works out really much better. That's for, a good, for that's, that's a good point. Uh, Sir Jay Vern is uh, our guest, along with Mark Jay. Allen Barnett. On the, on the, I, I can't let you leave without telling at least one Cincinnati story. Yes, because yeah, that's where I came from about I ten know. years ago. So you're come gonna, on, you're gonna hate me. You're gonna hate me. <laughs> no, there's no way. No, I honest. I have been wanting to go to Cincinnati my whole life. Yeah. Okay. There is a chili thing. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we all know it. Over spaghetti. Now piled high with now, cheese. Now, yes. Mm-hmm. Now I always heard about it. Mm-hmm. I okay. Let's put it this way: uh, Empress Chili. Do you know them? Yes. They came to Nashville about thirty years ago and opened up six stores at once. You know how long they lasted? No, no. Yeah. No. Because people don't dig the ch- the cinnamon and the chili. Ah, okay. But, well, but well. Connecticut, we have some very excellent chili places mm-hmm. that have very similar, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me. It's really not chili. It's hot dog sauce to me. Oh, okay. To, well, me, it's, chili to me, it's to me chili has almost has to have the meat and the beans mm-hmm. to me, yeah. which is a big feature of. Uh, okay, yeah. so now I, I play in Printer's Alley, which you know Skull's Rainbow Room, mm-hmm. most incredible venue in the United States. Oh, it's so well. Cool. Next door is Stacy Mitchart. He's from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. He's played there for 29. Imagine having a five night a week gig for 29, 29 years. That's unbelievable. That is and unbelievable. And he's a killer blues player. Is he? So during the pandemic, he calls me up. He goes, hey, I got a jazz gig in Cincinnati. I said, oh, my God. I've been wanting to go my whole life to see it. Because, you know, you read yeah. about yeah. You know, all the famous people from Cincinnati. Exactly. And, and I played cool in town. Ohio a ton, but never in Cincinnati. Really? So we get in the car, and it's only two hours, <laughs> what, right, from here? What? Three? That's about four. Yeah, four three okay, four. it was yeah. so close. I can't believe yeah. I ever went. Yeah. 
so we get to Cincinnati, and he, for the first thing he did was take me on a tour. And let me tell you, I fell in love with that city. Yeah. It's all old Queen buildings. City. There's no of this teardown. There's yeah. no teardown. Yeah. Yeah. It looks way older than Nashville now because mm. we've torn down so many buildings. We're starting to look tall and skinny. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So anyways, I, I did the gig. I, it's a wine bar. I mm. can't remember the name of it. It's right downtown. So, okay. But it blew me away for a small city. It had like seven or eight jazz clubs. Yes. Uh, I did a chili tour of three places. Um, Skyline? Of course. Yeah, of course. I went to all the biggies. And it was, of course, fantastic. I had the chili pubs. I, I was yeah. crazy on the chili. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no, it was amazing. It was. A, I just absolutely loved it. It was the highlight of my year this year. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. you'd be going back then sometime, <laughs> maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Jack, can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, yeah. Dave's Piano Bar. We're on the dining room table. Take us out. The Dave thing. Some cool jazz, man. The preacher. The preacher. Dave's preacher. Dave's piano bar. Yeah. My new if theme song. Dave's piano bar. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you for joining us on this. Try the veal. Connection. We're here all week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.